won't make it mad. I got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you lonely? Only a part of this when you choose. I'm John O. Coach of the 4,548 ranked Nico Hindsight. I'd love to be able to jab our regular host, Matt, and say that he's gone into hiding after another bad round, but he actually had a big score on the weekend, Matty, and rocketed into the top 5,000. He's actually off as today is his birthday and he's spending some time with the family, so a big happy birthday to Matt. There is a lot to discuss after a big round four, and then we're faced with some decisions that are potentially season-defining. To chat about all the important players and strategic moves heading into round 15 of the NRL season, I'm joined by two fellow super coaches tonight. First up, a man who is riding high after a massive 1,321 points in the weekend that now has him sitting with an overall rank of 303. It's coach of C-Mac Shark Attack. Chris, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Jono. Geez, that sounds good. 303. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody dizzy up here. I tell you, I uh, just hope I can hang on. But yeah, as you as you alluded to, what, what a week it's going to be. There's so much at play. Um, probably all, all comes from one injury, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. But yeah. Yeah, big week for Supercatch. Mate, what was your big move? What, what what was the big thing you did on the weekend that got you such a big score? Um, I probably just got lucky with a few guys. Like the week before, I brought in um, Koala Matangi from the Rabbits and brought in Buller for Turbo. So those two both turned up. And then, um, yeah, a few underperformers performed. So it was, yeah, it was just a great week all in all. Well done. Well, uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now. A man who was quoted on Sunday night at 7 p.m. is saying, Round 14 is where my super coach season went to die. Let's hope he's feeling a little bit more positive tonight. It's the coach of Tubes' pods. Tubes. I'm definitely feeling a bit more positive. I, I'm I'm shocked. I had a I, I could have made every single wrong decision on the weekend. Uh I, I reversed my David Fafita trade and kept him in. I did I thought I'd captained Nico and then it turned out that I didn't and then I was happy about it until Cleary then got injured. <laughs> <laughs> and so it felt like every single move that I was making was the wrong one on the weekend. Sorry, I was gonna say I think it was half time of that Parama uh, Penrith and St. George game that you sent that text message. So yeah. you probably hear you at your lowest moment. I but I've still managed to get a thousand and eighty six. Like I was really saved by Val and Drinky in the Cowboys game, combining for 250 between them, really saved my uh, my my weekend. And so 1,056, I was 86, I was just surprised. I'd, I only went down 21 spots, so I'm still uh, 4,000 and something. Um, so I'm still, you know, up and about, not not too far off. Jubes, what about your old man, the podfather, sitting at rank 251? How good is that? Yeah, I'd like to take some credit for it, but he's just too good. Like he's, you know... He's, he, he makes his own trades. He's, he certainly is a very uh, free thinker and think, thinks that he's, he's, he's every, he, they, everyone needs to pass the eye test for him and, uh, and it's working. <laughs> Do you reckon he would have the highest rank, like, at his age? Like, would there be anyone who's older than the podfather who's sitting higher on the ladder? Surely not. Surely not a genuine one plane. Like, there might be, uh, you never know, probably not. I wouldn't imagine. What a great effort. All right, well, uh, entries are officially closed for our PodPod Unlimited group, but if you want to join and compare yourself to all of us in the PodPod, our group code is 890189. Still in the lead and up to 30th overall is Craig, coach of Birdman's Bullets. Uh, about 150 points behind him is former leader Mick, coach of Shinebright, who is gunning for a return to form this week. Uh, Chibs, do you want to give us a bit of an update on the Queenstown bet? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you guys just keep running away with it. As you know, Chris having a thirteen hundred on the weekend just keeps pushing you further ahead. Um, Matt and Dan just that they both had a solid weekend of twelve hundred and forty, and the Podfather had a solid weekend in the twelve hundreds as well. So not really much movement, just a slight kick away. So you and Chris are seven hundred and thirty ahead. Um, of Matt and Dan and 366 ahead of uh, the Podfather and myself. So, look, there's there's still there's still time for a bit of a comeback, but it's 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 pretty tough when when you guys keep putting up big scores, or at least one of you does uh, each week. <laughs> yeah, I can't take too much credit for that, Chibs. I got exactly we got exactly the same score, one zero eight six on the weekend. So. Yeah, all, all Chris on that one. Whenever he whenever he has a bad week, I luckily get a good one, so it just keeps increasing our yeah, lead. That doesn't happen too often either. What about Andrew King? Put him in the circus. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler. The juggler's come out at Brookie. <laughs> all right, let's get into the analysis. and We're going to flip it around a little bit this week because we don't want to run out of time to talk about what I think is, yeah, I alluded to before and so did you, Chris, potentially a season-defining move is the the Nathan Cleary injury and what we do about it. So for those who don't know, uh, Cleary, a bit of a hamstring injury, went off after 20 minutes in the game on the weekend and he's out for four to six weeks. So that leaves us with a big Nathan Cleary-sized problem to try and fix this week. And there are a few good options that we're going to discuss. So... Let's start with the most obvious one first. Uh, Mitch Moses, I think, has been the most trading option for Cleary this week. Plus, Moses already had a few owners from a few weeks ago and there was a bit of a Cleary exodus leading into origin. Uh, Chris, you're a Cleary owner. What are you looking at doing? Is Moses your number one option like it is for many? Yeah, yeah. Moses Moses is the man for me at the minute, which sounds crazy. Every chance I get um, or I've gotten, um, I've pretty much stuck the boot in the Mitchie boy. But, um, you know, given a couple of good recent scores, um, I think he's coming off 130 and another 100 or thereabouts. Um, dogs this week, uh, Manly next week, it, it sort of seems like a bit of a no-brainer uh, for me. Um, I just, well, I think he's break-even. Well, it's not, it's 14. So 14 in a day game against the Dogs, for me, it's just a no-brainer. You can make that Cleary to Moses trade, put some cash in the bank, um, and, and Mitchie Boy could go on a really, really nice run for you over the next month. So, yeah, Moses in for, for the shark attack. Jeeves, you don't look quite as convinced on that. You're making a few faces. Oh, it's the obvious one. Uh, it, and the, I, I can't, I still can't bring myself to do it. And, in fact, to be honest, I like that it's the obvious one. Um, and I'm happy to I'm happy to put my season on the line, which I thought died on Sunday night, but I'm still kicking. Uh, I'm happy to put my season on the line and and antipod Mitchie Moses with everyone oh. looking to bring him in. So um, I think he he's a clear option. You you want to bring him in? I think there's no chance he gets picked. Not no chance, but there should be very little chance he gets picked for Origin if Nico's uh, fit. So he. he it looks like an option for me. I'm looking at. Um, I'm still in a position that I've got Katoa at five eight. So uh, looking at options around moving him up to half can bring in a five eight. Or if I do bring in a half, it'll be those next two options being Jerome Hughes or Matt Burton. 
or just not bringing in a half at all and, and playing with my side, <laughs> um, you know, bring it with jewels, center wings and fullbacks, et cetera. So who, who would you say you're leaning to the most tubes out of those other options, Jerome Hughes and Matt Burton? Uh, I'd say I like, so my number one priority to bring in would be Burton, but I'm a bit unsure about him getting picked for origin this week. So my thoughts at the moment is to do no half and I'm going to look to do Cleary out and via Jules, I'm going to bring in a fullback or a centre wing. Um, so I might, I have a way to do Cleary to Talakai or something like that on the weekend with Garrick going back to fullback uh, and Ponga going up to 5'8". Um, and so that's what I'm potentially going to look at doing. It gives me a chance to know is Burton picked or not and then I can look to bring in Burton next week if he's not picked, or if he isn't picked, I'm the the other option is Jerome, if he is picked for Origin, the next option being Jerome Hughes. So I like both of those two, but I'm not willing to make a call this week. And Chief, just to clarify, you're saying you run without a halfback. You do have Nico Hines. You're just saying without a clear cleary replacement. Sorry, without a without a cleary replacement in the halves. Yeah. So but without potentially without a halfback in sixteen. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there is a chance that Nico doesn't get picked in the Origin team. Like, I th- personally think that would be absolute insanity. But I do think there's a chance that he completely missed. If he doesn't get the halfback job, I don't see Freddie picking him as a utility again. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows with that? But there's a chance that Nico could be available for round 16 and all the, all the shuffling is a bit premature, Tubes. See, Mac? That, that Adam Reynolds you know, chat is gaining some serious momentum. So it would not surprise me if Freddie just woke up Next Monday, or whenever it is, they pick the pick the squad for the next um, Origin game. He goes, yeah, you know what? We'll go with the the thirty three year old bloke who's got chronic hamstrings or calves or whatever his problems are these days to win us a game at Suncorp. Um, I think it'd be utter madness, but I, I agree, John. I reckon Nico is still a chance of playing sixteen, which is just seems crazy. Yeah, well, Chris, while I'm on, on to you, what about uh, Jerome Hughes? Like he's lost about one hundred seventy thousand dollars in value this year. He has been in the past a really consistent super coach, super coach option and has been like kind of the clear number three halfback the last couple of years. Do you think he's an option for people this weekend or do you think the form scares you off a bit too much for both him and Melbourne? Well, the form's a little worrying, but you know, I can't work out what's going on with Jerome Hughes. It's just like it, it, when I watch him play, I still feel like he's playing well. It's just not... a Turning it, turning, turning into super coach points. Obviously, on the weekend was a bit of an outlier for for Melbourne, like to get absolutely flogged. But um, you know they've got a pretty nice draw. They 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 play sixteen, and he'll be without Munster and Grant in sixteen. So that might lend him to scoring more. Many will he'll literally be one out there oh, with Meany though. But he'll have to go. He'll have to go like get involved a lot in that game, which is against the Tigers. So, look, Jerome Hughes, I think, is a pretty good option. He's got very low ownership. His previous gun, um, I, I can see the merit in, in a Jerome Hughes, definitely, especially at the price when he's a, you know, he's probably a couple hundred cheaper than um, Mitchell Moses. Yeah, he's almost exactly 200K. So, yeah, he's definitely the value pick and the pod pick, but I just think the, the way Melbourne are looking probably scares me off a little bit at the moment. The one that's currently in my team for Cleary uh, is Sean Johnson, is the one I've actually got sitting in my team at the moment. Um, I think the reason that people aren't as warm on him is because the Warriors don't play next week, and I think a lot of people are looking at round 16 numbers and thinking 
that you can't have SJ. My team, including SJ at the moment, I, I've got 15 for round 16 as it stands. So I think if you're not worried about round 16 numbers, which I think if people look at their teams, it's a fairly strong crop of players coming through. Um, I think SJ is a great option. He's been super consistent this year. Warriors look good. Their forward pack is just humming. Uh, and he is consistent. He's only gone under 40 once this year. With the goal kicking, his scores are fairly fairly strong. So at the moment, I've got SJ. Could could either of you guys talk me out of it, or do you think that's an okay option? No, I like it. Yeah, nothing from nothing from me there. I like I like SJ. I think it's I think it's it's a safer option than Hughes, and it's probably what only hundred k more. It's just that sixteen. But like you say, you can cover that round, so not an issue. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's go back to our regular schedule, starting from the top and working our way down. So we'll we'll jump back up to hooker now that we've got the halfback chat out of the way. Uh, Jake Turpin on the weekend played sixty minutes, made fifty tackles or something ridiculous, and and scored a touch over sixty. Uh, is he a good option for the Sonny Luke people? Is he is he the man that they should just jump ship to right now? Nah. I, I like unless you don't happen to have the. Cleary problems and for feeder and Jack DeBellin and the 50 other, you know, issues there seems to be in Supercoach at the moment. Um, I I can't see that that's a priority. Um, Sonny Luke, it's, it's, it's the best thing in the world that he's been dropped really because he just becomes a non-AE nightmare. I'm happy to hold him now um, until, uh, until he either comes back into the side or, I've got a week where I'm I'm ready to upgrade to someone else. Turpin's definitely an option. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's he's worth the trade. Um, realistically, at this time of the year, Chris, any Turpin thoughts? Yeah, probably. It probably aligns pretty closely with Tubes there. I, I I looked at it for yeah for for Luke, but then I sort of thought, well, you know, Luke's probably going to come back into the to the team next week for a number for sixteen. Um, and then bugger off again. So it might not be such a bad result. And, you know, Cheese cheese seems to always come back a week or two early from injury, like historically. So I just don't know if you'll get as much out of Turpin um, as, as, as um, you know, it's promising. But, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good draw over the next month. And, and if, if Cheese stays out, there's definitely going to be some cash made. And, you know, it, it, it could be a struggle to fill some teams over that period as well. So, yeah, look, I can understand why people are looking at him for sure. Yeah, I think he's a fine option, but I, I kind of tend to agree with both of you guys on that one. Uh, there's, there's bigger problems to deal with. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King is the next one on the run sheet. Who who popped Jeremy Marshall King in the run sheet? Who wants to take him? That that, that was me. It's just um, – it's probably been the same chat around Jeremy Marshall King all year. I think he's actually now probably – the premium hooker option, given that Damien Cook could potentially go back into state of origin calculations if Freddie thinks of a re, um, goes with a reshuffle. Um, Dolphins, Dolphins, um, I've got to just yeah. Dolphins don't play sixteen, do play nineteen, um, and he's just he's been so um, just he's been scoring so well. He's been so consistent. He's like he's now averaging the the, the most out of the hookers as I bring it up. Um, like those premium bookers. So I, I just think he's a, a really good, genuine option, Jeremy Marshall King. And I, I've sort of I've lost that um, worry about him if I was to bring him in. So he's definitely someone, if you were thinking about bringing in to take on the Cooks and the Grant um, for the run home, I, I couldn't talk you out of it. 
Yeah, well, that sounds like a great shout. And hopefully he's fit and ready to go for this weekend. Uh, what about Braley? Is, is he an option for either of you guys, seeing as the Sharks play both 16 and 19? Do you, do you think he's a solid option moving forward? I just, I, I've just, just got Cook at the moment, and I'm just going to see what happens with Cook with Origin. If he doesn't get picked, I'm happy to just sort of run with him. Similar to you, John, I'm not in any problems with my round 16 numbers. I think I've got 14 at the moment without making any trades. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not too fussed about the round 16 buy. The round 19 buy I think might be a bit more problematic. Uh, so Cook uh, is is my option at the moment. But if something happened to that, then I'd definitely look at Braley as an option. Um, but at the end of the at the end of the day, I think you're going to want to end the year with Harry and potentially someone like a Cook. So I'm not I'm not making any major moves in the hooking department. I think. All right. Well, let, let's go to front row forward, uh, and I want to start with the popular cheapie. Uh, I think it's Samuela Finu. I believe is, is his first name. Uh, a lot of people jumped on him early. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't early. It was his third game, but uh, without the kind of job security a couple of weeks ago, and he's held that position in the back row for the Seagulls, pumped out a really solid score in his last run, good minutes. Uh, do you guys consider him to be a good downgrade option this week, or is it another case of too many issues to worry about him? Uh, too many issues for, for, for mine. Uh, I've got a couple of front rows playing. I think I've already got well, maybe two next week, so it's just not really on my radar. Bigger bigger issues to tackle at the minute than um, than a cheapie in the front row, to be honest. I'm I'm honestly really conflicted at the moment, and we didn't talk about my other hooker cheapie actually, which is Ray Stone. Uh, we might get to him in the second row forward, but I was looking forward to a who would you rather flow back, throw back for Jake Turpin and Ray Stone. Uh, but we'll cover that later. The, but with Fainu, with any of these cheapies. I'm torn at the moment between there's so with with so many expensive players get going down and being tradable. I, I don't know what the go is with this cash generation. So if we think about right now on the chopping block is for feeder at eight what nine hundred k eight hundred high eight hundreds Cleary in the eight hundred k's and Dylan, potentially Dylan Brown at eight hundred k. That's what two point four million across those three players. And it's I'm I'm struggling to work out the benefit of bringing in a cheapie like Finu, who is going to be a, a, typically you try to find these ones that are going to be cash generators, you know, in the mid season. But um, at the same time, then you're sort of sitting with 600k potentially on the bench if you're downgrading from a Fafita. So it's just a bit of a balance over the next few weeks. Cash generation suddenly feels less important. But I really do think he's actually a great, cheapy option um, to, to look at bringing in. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with the tubes. You couldn't have put it better. Like if, if you've avoided the carnage and you need a downgrade option, he's perfect. But otherwise, it seems like people are going to have plenty of cash to play around with this week. And tubes, you didn't even mention Val Holmes, who's definitely missing the next two weeks as well, who could also easily be a sell. So there's heaps of cash floating around this week, but he seems a very safe and secure option, one that I think we all would have loved to have had in about round seven or eight when we were stinging for a front row forward cheapie and there was absolutely nothing. So he would have been perfect back then. Uh, Joe Tarpany just chucked him on the run sheet because he his position is changing for this week. And he played locked the last two weeks, had big minutes and cranked out some really, really strong scores. I think, probably, I think it was actually his two best scores of the year back-to-back. Uh, he's gone back to front row forward. 
Elliot Whitehead back in the team and Corey Horsburgh goes back to lock. Uh, any concern for you, Tubes, as a Tarpanet owner? Look, it's no concern. It's just I, I would have liked to see him stay at lock. Interested to see what happens with their with their bench rotation. Um, I I think they had two front rowers on the bench. Obviously, Whitehead back into the back row and see how many minutes the horse is going to play. Um, but look, worst case scenario, Tarpany goes back to 50 minutes and you're just sort of hoping he brings back out the offload and some attacking stats. But um, yeah, he, he's a hold no matter what. It's just I want that upside of him being <laughs> a 70-minute player like he has been. Uh, Chris, I know that uh, choose for this next guy, he's potentially putting him up as a trade-in this week and a hold throughout the rest of the year. So I'm giving you a heads up so you can maybe come in at the opposite angle to Tubes potentially here. Tubes, you're maybe putting up Payne Haas as someone you could bring into your team now, disregard Origin, and hold on from now to the end of the year. What, what are your, What's your thought process through that one? Because it's pretty risky, I reckon. That I think you, if you looked at using the cash from Cleary and or for feeder this week to go to Haas, well, then you've got someone that you're keeping for the year um, as an option. Just something I'm considering for my strength and my team for, for this week. Not for me, Chips. I reckon. I reckon. In, I can. I can definitely understand where you're coming from because then you make you make the trade now and you don't have to worry about it. Your front row is locked away. I get it. It's just you know they've got two boy, two more buys during the origin period and another buy in around 25. So you know he's still missing three of the next how many rounds we got left. So he's missing a quarter of the games. All right. Sorry, I thought we had 12, which would have been a quarter. But it's pretty close, um, and he's still and he's still like his his break even's ninety five this week, and I can't imagine Kevy playing him eighty. But I don't think he's one you have to rush in. In round twenty, I'm all in on getting Payne Haas in. I'm all in. You know what though? You know my this my only and so I'm look. You're not. It's not taking a lot to convince me. My only pushback on that is who else are you bringing in in round twenty? You want to bring Fafita in. You're going to want to bring Cleary back in if he's back. You want to, if you if you get rid of Nico between now and then, you want to be want to be, keep be getting him in. I just think with the amount of guns we're getting out, having guns locked into your side and not everything being, I'll bring him back in round twenty is a plan. Like so, it does make sense. But yeah, I can't. I, I just yeah, I just think you're leaving too many points out there for the next few weeks. That's all. Tubes, that was a re- I'm almost sold. I might bring in Hass this week. I thought you sold that last bit so well with the the, really the concept. Did. Yeah. yeah I, I wish this had video. He was so passionate. He really lent into yeah, the camera. Yeah. It was the one, the two, the three, rattling <laughs> them off. It was brilliant. Because <laughs> no, it, it is a good point. It's not going to be easy to get all these guys back in. You're going to want to keep a little bit of money aside. And I suppose Payne Haas, the money's locked away and put in. I am leaning towards <laughs> Chris's argument there. Um, but... I just like the big sell from Tubes at the end. It almost almost had me pushed over the edge. Send him off! Send the drifting edge off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! <laughs> Second row forward. Uh, and there are a couple of Tigers back rowers who are really, really popular for obvious reasons. They cover 16 uh, and 19. With I think they have the buy in round 17, though, off the top of my head. We can fact check that. But they do cover 16 and 19, the two big buy rounds. Uh, Tubes, you brought in one of them on the weekend. You brought in IPAP, Isaiah Papali'i. How did you find your first week as an IPAP owner? On the uh, At halftime, I was feeling pretty good. 
he was on what 44 at half time or 48 at half time and i thought here we go what a you know just just a bit of bit of base and and one attacking stat but then obviously the second half he's he's done nothing so and and the other option in the team which was john bateman sort of you know kicked on and scored a try i i liked i i think that was my first time probably watching closely the tigers and if anyone didn't bring or it does doesn't already own ipap i wouldn't recommend bringing him in it's a tough watch i think sitting outside luke luke brooks um he's just not he's just not going to have that attacking upside luke brooks similar to tommy did and loves to using dan's line sell the candy and have a run on his own um, or potentially goes out the back to Buller. So I think his attacking stats is a little bit lower. Uh, and But for me, he's going to be a hold, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm just hoping at this point that he gets some upside over the next few weeks. Chris, what about the back row on the other side of the field over on the right edge for the Tigers, big John A. Batman? Is he any interest for you this week? Um, not not this week, but um, Round I'm not the way plays. Yeah, no. Um, I, I really love the way Bateman plays. I just, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to hold on to some trades. So I, I, I'm, but I can understand why people would be bringing him in. They've got, like you say, they've got, they play 16, 19. He's got that attacking flair. No one plays quite like John Bateman. He's, he's very, um, he's just got a very different way of playing footy, which is great to watch. Um, but can also, you know, he's also got an error or two in him. But um, yeah, I, 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 I a bit like tubes in that. I don't know if I. I trust having um, too many Tigers. I've already got one and that already feels like enough. <laughs> so, so Johnny Boy is probably not for me, but I love the flair of John Bateman. The only thing with Bateman for me is, and again, I, I, I'm not an avid Tigers watcher, but on the on the weekend it felt like he didn't just play an 80-minute edge role he played a 60-minute edge role and then for 20 minutes he actually went into the middle and became that sort of ball-playing lock as well, which um, he's not like a ball-playing lock like a Murray or a Yeo where he's just taking it to the line and spitting it out the back. He very much does play a bit more ball-playing or runs it himself in, in an, as you said, with a bit of flair, Chris, with a, in a bit of an unstructured way. And I think that... Um, that adds to his game uh, from a super coach's perspective. I won't be bringing him in, but if I didn't know an IPAP, I'm pretty keen on him. So you'd be yeah, more inclined yeah. for Bateman than IPAP. Chips, who was the ball playing front row? You mentioned Murray, and who was the other guy? Yeo, Yeo. <laughs> Isaiah Yeo. I just love I just your mispronunciations. Three letters, fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. The, the other kind of two gun options who a lot of people are looking at downgrading for feeder two, because that, that's what a lot of people are potentially looking at the guys we mentioned for as, as downgrade options from for feeder who we kind of brushed over the fact, Tubes, you briefly mentioned that he's got a head knock this weekend, won't play, then he obviously has origin the week after and then potentially rested. So he could be out for three weeks at least. Uh, the other one that people are looking at is Keon Kolomatangi who, Chris, you brought in two weeks ago, first week to mixed success, last week to excellent success. He had a, a try and a try assist. Are you a little bit concerned, Chris, about him playing Origin? Yeah, very much. Yeah, I am. I am. If I, if, if I was picking the side, he'd be there somewhere. Um, I'm yeah, I'm pretty keen to see the team list next week just in terms of how the structure of my, my super coach team is going to look going forward. Um, he, he, 
first week showed glimpses. I really like. Obviously, it was pretty, pretty. So he would have been there for maybe five weeks. So it was a, a decent layoff. And for a bigger guy, came in. He didn't really miss a beat, but his score didn't show. Like he got through the eighty minutes really well. I was in, like, I was pretty impressed with his output. But on the weekend, it, it was it was really good. Jesus was nice to watch as an owner. Um, so yes, the answer to your question, yes, I'm very worried about him getting picked in state of origin. Oh, he's definitely on the um, on the edges there somewhere. Um, it just depends which way they go. But if not, he he's great to own. Yeah, I think he's definitely a wait and watch. He would be a fantastic own. Maybe someone we can bring in around twenty. But I, I'd love to have him. But so obviously, Souths have the buy in round 16, uh, and then if he does make origin, he might miss 17 and then potentially 19 as well. So I think he's definitely a wait and watch. Uh, what about the, the the man that we used to call? We used to call Colin Matangi Aldi Olakawatu, but I think Colin Matangi is, if anything, the rich man's version of this guy now. So Olakawatu, what do we think? Is he an option? No, not for me. I I think he's he, – I looked at him for 13 – um, he's he's been a bit too up and down this season when you look at his numbers. Like it feels like he's still getting some of those attacking upside plays, but his base um it, it just fluctuates week on week. Um and it just feels like his his scores are are reflecting how he's acting. So I I I think he's he's become a little bit less less consistent and I just think there's enough options in the back row that that he's not an option for me. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Last year, the first two-thirds of the season, his base was so consistent week in, week out. This year, you're right, Chips. It's so up and down. Like He had a game this year. I can't remember what round. He, he scored two tries and got like 60-odd points, and that's not what you want. Uh, yeah. I was just about to bring that up. It's just it's too much of a roller coaster for me for a back row. You want you want to know that with a back row, that on a day where they don't get attacking stats, they're still going to have a, a strong 50 points in them for these kind of keeper-level back rowers. and. I just don't feel confident that Olakowatu is bringing that to the table. But in saying that, he could easily be someone who you bring in as a bit of a risk and, and goes on a massive run as well. So, yeah, he's, he's a bit of an interesting one, but but not for me. The other gun back rower we want to talk about is Britton Nikara, the, the Sharky's right-edge back rower. Uh, are either of you two owners of, of Nikara at the moment? Not yet. So you're, you're bringing him in? I want to. I want to. I just – but I'm so torn, right? I, like I mentioned, I just want to hold these trades because – uh, I've been playing this game too long. I just know what the last six weeks looks like. Um, so I'm trying so hard to hold some trades. But I, I went to the Sharks game on Saturday night, um, and even though they got beat, um, I walked away super impressed with two players from that game. One was Britton Nakora. Just the athleticism in this bloke was actually frightening. Like watching him from behind, how he's able to change direction when like hitting a line, like really late before he gets the ball was, I, I don't think I've seen anyone do it as well. Like it, it was, it was freaky. He, um, I, I just, like massive Sharks fan, absolutely love the bloke and watching him on the weekend, he only went up in my opinion. Like he was super impressive live. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really – I'm thinking forward to Nickera this week um, if I do end up making that second trade. He's just – he looks so good. He's got attacking stats in him. His base is pretty good. It's around that 40 to mid-40 mark. So, I, yeah, I couldn't talk anyone out of Britain Nickera. So, I think I will bring him in this week, uh, and it's, it's for those uh, – a number of those reasons, but one of them being almost the opposite to what we just talked about with Ola Kawatu is – 
his base this year has ranged between 40 and 59. So hasn't based below 40 all year. And he's averaging 48 in base. And we know he's got that attacking upside um, flair. He's, they've got a good buy schedule, the Sharks. And even with Nico Hines out, it brings in Trindle on that edge, which I don't think is that big of a of a loss in terms of them going to throwing that short board to Nicara. So I'm looking at him this week as a for feeder to Nicara option with the cash. Um, and I think he's probably the best of the the high rate the you know the the expensive second row forwards at the moment. So choose, I think you've answered the question I was going to ask both of you next with uh, with your Nicara response there. I was going to say, if you were David Fafita owners, and Chris, I know you're you're not, but let's pretend you are for the sake of discussion. If you're downgrading Fafita to one of the guns we mentioned, so you've got Isaiah Papali, Johnny Bateman, Colin Matangi, Olakawatu, or Nikara. Tubes, you're a clear Nikara. Chris, what do you? What would you do if you could only have one? Yeah, I'd be Nikara as well. Just just that buy schedule um, and the the fear of Colin Matangi getting picked for Origin seals it for me. There, it'd be, be Nikara. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm going to bring in Nikara next week, hopefully looking at upgrading uh, former pot of the week, uh, Helium Lukey. But I'm actually going to downgrade to, for Fed, someone we didn't even mention, I'm going Jermaine Hopgood. But I think he's already pretty well owned by a lot of people. But for me, he was just a, a nice, safe option to bring in who covers 16 and 19. I think the pod father's looking at that as well. Oh, nice. Well, that, geez, that makes me feel good. Or it could be a bad sign for the pod father. <laughs> The one that as we still just I, – I, I really need to cover this guy off. It's oh, really, your boy. Sorry, Tubes. My boy, Ray Stone. Um, so if you're not looking at that, you know, premium gun option for a downgrade for, for feeder, uh, Ray Stone, he's named starting lock um, for the Dolphins. You would have seen the news in the week, uh, Tommy Boy Gilbert, Gilbert Grapes, um, has been ruled out for the season. Uh, so that lock spot for the Dolphins has opened up and we know Ray is a bit of a favourite of Bennett. He's been named in the number 13 jersey in the last two weeks, so round 13 and round 14, and he's played 59 minutes and 68 minutes, averaging uh, a base of just under a point per minute in base. So if he holds that starting lock, um, for the remainder of the season, it I wouldn't be surprised if he did average in sort of the low to mid 60s. Um, and he's currently priced at, I think, $386,000. So again, I just think he's a good, cheapy option to bring in. Um, but it's whether or not, if with using the Fafita money, you obviously can afford someone uh, that one of the ones that we've just talked about. But I really do think Ray Stone again is a is an option. The other beautiful thing about my man Ray Stone is he's got that hooker dual flexibility. So if you did bring him into the back row and then you did want to get rid of say a Sunny Luke, you can then slot him up into your second hooking position and having someone that's averaging sixty as your second hooker. Um, might not be too bad to carry you through until sort of that round 2021. 20, Do you reckon that's the first time beautiful and Ray Stone have ever been said in the same sentence? <laughs> it <laughs> have to be up there. I think you've been a bit harsh on Ray, but it's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Jubes, I'm getting a little glimpse into why you're good at your job tonight. Just some of the, the salesmanship you're putting on the things you're passionate about tonight is very, very impressive. Well done. You can't get me out of line with Ray Stone. You almost got me with Haas. But I do think your logic makes sense behind it. I just, yeah, I just don't think it's the right week for, for that kind of guy. All right, uh, halfback we've already covered. Let, let's go straight to 5'8". I don't think we want to get too deep into the weeds into this, but it's worth mentioning that uh, the most popular 5'8 in Supercoach, Dylan Brown, has been named this week uh, for the game, the King's birthday. That, that feels weird to say. The King's birthday clash against the Dogs this weekend, but it is not yet determined whether he'll actually take the field. There's been an alleged incident over the weekend. So uh, I think we'll just leave that there and move on. Uh, options for 5'8 this week, and this could be because Dylan Brown ends up having to drop out and people want to look for a straight swap. Or it could be that people are doing what Tubes mentioned earlier, trading out Cleary, moving up uh, ICAT and then bringing in a 5'8". The first one in our run sheet there is Joey Manu, who was a massively popular buy heading into the Anzac Day clash a few weeks ago, was injured, then the Roosters had the buy, came back last week. I didn't actually watch this game. Um, Tubes, I, I don't think you were that impressed. You thought he looked still a little bit underdone on the weekend? I, To be honest, I didn't watch it closely enough either, but it just... It just felt like um, that the base wasn't there. I'm doing a bit of score watching and sort of half watching it. It didn't feel like his, you know, base and tackle breaks and different things like that were there. And so um, I think Dan mentioned that it it felt like he potentially was still carrying that injury, and that type of injury can have some, you know, lingering lingering effects. And 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 I just think there's enough doubt in there that if you're a non-owner that you're not sort of racing to bring him in uh, this week off the back of that performance. Chris, do you own Manu at the moment? No, I got rid of Manu a couple of weeks ago. Once he got injured, the first week he got in, injured. Um, and, yeah, I fully echo what Tube said. I, I watched that one pretty closely because I was pretty pumped about um, Teddy. Um, but he um, he just, yeah, he looked, he looked underdone. Some lingering effects of that injury still clearly there. Um, and he's a guy who just likes to run the ball a lot, right? So if he's if he's you know five percent off physically, it's going to make a big difference. So I think you can afford if you're a non-owner to watch watch that space for a while. And if you you know need to bring him in in the next few weeks, it's probably you know do it in a couple of weeks' time once once that injury is completely gone. Um, there's no doubt when he is fit and firing, you want him. I just I just don't think the time's right right now. Yeah, massive break even too, 116, plus the Roosters had the matchup against Penrith. And I know Cleary's out, but that doesn't mean the defence is going to fall off a cliff all of a sudden. So it's a bit of a tough one for him this week. But again, one of those players who's just such a big upside guy that uh, could be worth the risk. And I'm, I'm very, very tempted to bring him in, despite all those negatives, fair negatives that we've we've mentioned. Uh, Kalen Ponga uh, exploded a little bit uh, in, in round 13 for the first buy, despite probably should have come off the field for a HIA at some point and scared his owners. Uh, I think he's an excellent option for people coming into this week. Uh, Knights play round 16, but not round 19, I believe. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, you bang on there. Uh, Tubes, you own him. I own him. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you as the non-owner. What, what do you think about Kalen Ponga? Oh, look, a couple of weeks ago, I was up and about big time. I wish, I, I wish I'd have um, you know, been able to get him, but I've sort of – you know, obviously a lot hinges on Dylan Brown, right? So uh, Dylan Brown's able to stay stay on the field for the foreseeable future. Uh, I wouldn't be going. I wouldn't be going in that direction. Uh, if not, it's it's a fair it's a fair move to go to Ponga. Um, 
The only yeah, the only thing that worries me about Ponga is just I feel as though he can be a bit of a flat, flat track bully, and that and that. The next three games are against the Broncos, the Roosters, and the Panthers, who historically are all, well, maybe not Brisbane, but historically are pretty good defensively, will have been. So I just don't know um, how those matchups are going to go for him. Um, there's, but there is, a, there is a lot of upside to him. Like He's got that, that ability um, to play fullback as well, so you can move him up and down. And with fullback basically opening up a bit with injuries and and uh, whatnot over the last few weeks, it's it's a genuine option. So I can see why people are or have already got Ponga or would be considering Ponga. Yeah, and like you said, especially depending on what happens with with deal bags. I think um, I, I saw during the week or towards the end of last week the the article came out that he's told Billy Slater that he doesn't want to be available for the rest of the Origin series. That's comforting for owners. It's a little bit like quitting just after you've been fired, but it is still comforting to know that if Reese Walsh was to get hurt. Caelan Pong has kind of ruled himself out for the Origin series, so that that's a little bit of comfort for the owners. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I I I did send a text to Freddie as well just to let him know that I'm not up for it this year. I've ruled myself out of Origin <laughs> just in case he knew, he was looking for a for a for a halfback um, to, to slot in. That that last game at half was for probably twelve Bs at Joey's. Um, uh, yeah, so similar to Kalen and myself. The only thing for Kalen for me is um, I think he's the best option because he also has that dual flexibility going. Like I think this year um, fullback flipping and the way that that's working and having that flexibility between uh, Manu between centre wing and fullback, uh, sorry, centre wing and 5'8", Ponga between 5'8 and fullback and then all those different flipping arounds. I, I think Ponga's potentially one that you could be a, a keeper till the end um, in one of those positions. All right, the, the last five eight we had in the run sheet is a bit of a trap, I think. Luke Metcalf, who's got a negative break even of three, has scored pretty well for the Warriors the last couple of weeks, but I don't think he's worth an option this week. Warriors don't play around 16, so he's not even a good cheaper option. And Tamare Martin is back soon, and I would assume that Tamare Martin would, would come straight back into that squad. So unless you guys have any strong Luke Metcalf opinions, we can probably move on to centre wing. I totally agree. Trap calf. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to centre wing. Uh, and Stafford Tower. Tubes, you're interested in Stafford Tower, even despite the fact that he's now two weeks gone from that huge score. You think he's still a bit of an option this week? Just purely because of their their good buy schedule. And I think he's definitely got that that high upside. I'd watch, as I mentioned, I watched that Tigers game on the weekend. He just looks dynamic. Like, I don't know if he's taken a, a bit of a leap um, this year uh, compared to previous seasons, but he he looks like he, he sort of can make a half break every time he touches the ball. Um, he's obviously priced quite high at 642000 As we said, uh, money at the moment isn't as big of an issue. Uh, they play 16. They play 19. They've got the Titans this week, um, who, uh, you know, love leaking points, especially in the second half. Um, I just think this, again, is is sort of, if you were, were looking at bringing him in, if you hadn't already, this was potentially a week that you might look at had, at him with a minus BE of, uh, sorry, a BE of minus two um, still this week before a big game against the Titans. Yeah, I, I just don't think I could bring in a, there's, so, there's a lot of Tigers good options. I just don't feel confident enough in the Tigers at the moment. But 
I don't think he's a bad one, and he's still very much a pot option at the moment. Uh, Jacob Kiraz was really, really well talked about last week uh, and looked like he was going to be a massively popular option. And then he got a, an injury at training and, and couldn't play. Uh, I still think he's incredible value. The injury has scared me a little bit. Like it's just becoming a thing that he seems a little bit banged up now. He's obviously got the the dodgy knee. Now he's got the was it the bicep nah, injury as well? It's elbow, wasn't it? Elbow. Okay. So yeah, there's just a little bit of risk around him at the moment. But dogs do have great buy coverage. Uh, Chris, what are you, Jacob Kerr's thoughts? Are you looking at him for this week? Uh, I was definitely looking at him last week. A bit like you, that injury um, news probably scared me off. They they don't play till Monday, so he's got plenty of time since since that injury. Um, I won't be bringing him in, but he's definitely one I'm looking at. Like like you touched on, the the dogs have got really good buy coverage. Um, I I have got to start probably looking at though the amount of sharks, tigers, dogs, players I've got because that. That round 17, much like round 14, just gone, that, that sneaky buy can sneak up on you. So um, that's probably one out there for everyone to be mindful of. When when um, when you're doing your trades and you're looking at your players, if you've got too many sharks, um, tigers or dogs, they do have that, all three of them have got that buy in 17. So that's definitely worth noting. Um, I, I do like Kiraz. I think he's a really good option. Probably someone I will be looking at next week. I like that, Chris. That's why you're in the the top the top five hundred. Uh, you know, looking ahead at, at the buys. I, I didn't. I actually I didn't even know about that round seventeen buy. But Kiraz, I think he's a he's break even's fifty one. John, I don't think you have to go this week. Like, I think you can wait and see 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 how he responds on the Monday. Um, you, if even if he happened to get a big score, you can probably live with it and and bring him in for round sixteen. Yeah, even with a big score, he'll still be great value next yeah. next round. So, yeah, 100% agree with you, Tubes. Uh, well, the other one that we were going to mention who has that little bit of a risk as well with the buy coverage was uh, Sifa Talakai, who banged out a 58 on the weekend with a try and a line break, which I was a little bit kind of – as I, I bought him in last week, was, I don't know, this might be beggars, can't be choosers, but I was a little bit disappointed with a 58 with a, a line break try. Uh, he is now almost 690K, so very, very expensive – what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts on him? I wouldn't be bringing him in now. I brought him in last week, um, and, I, and like you, I think he must, he must have lost. He must have lost ten points because I thought I thought I saw live scores. He was about sixty eight, and I'm like, yeah, I can live with that. Um, it didn't. It didn't help that I traded him for Val Holmes, and Val Holmes got one hundred and fifty. Uh, as good as my week was, the week that could have been. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, but Talakai, look, he's got a pretty good base, and and you know. It, it, on the weekend, it was funny because I actually like he obviously got beat a couple of times by Katoni Stags, but I, I thought I thought he his output was really good while watching the game. So look at the price now. I don't think I could bring him in, but I'm uh, he's a very comfortable hold for the next month if you own. I I'm still looking at bringing him in. It was a weird game on the weekend. I mean, he ended up with a base of 27, which was his lowest uh, for the year. He's had a couple of other games in the twenties a bit earlier in the year when he was still uh, warming into his match fitness to, to start the year. Um, he, it just felt like a strange game. I still think he's a, he's a genuine option and I'm looking at him for this week. I'm not set on it, but um, I still think he, he definitely has that attacking upside and he's, and he's 
that's as low as his base is going to be. So um, I'd sort of write that off and uh, uh, definite hold, And but I still think he's a potential bring-in option um, and, and I'm looking at him for this week. It's just good to see him crossing the line with with pretty good frequency now because last year, obviously, that was the big knock on him. He had the massive game against Manly and then I don't think he scored another try, maybe one more while playing centre for the rest of the year. So it's just good to see him crossing the line and have that bit of upside this year because the base is still elite. He still only scored two tries this this season. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, oh, there you go. I thought he scored a few more. No, like the he's had a he's had a number of try assists, I believe, but I think he's only actually scored two two tries this year. So his scores have been consistent, even without even without the tries. Yeah, yeah well, I, could, I, could, I could be reading my stats wrong as well. No, no, you're bang on. He's scored he had two tries in his last three games. Apart from that, no tries. There's there's a number of tries this there, like you say, but yeah, good good shout that choose. Yeah, a bit of recency bias for me on that one. I think I just must have been thinking recently and ignored the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I, Tubes, I agree with you on Talica. I think if you've got the cash for him, he's a great option, but there's definitely some good value options. If you don't have that kind of cash to spend, I think there's some some guys who are a bit cheaper, like Kiraz or maybe even a Jesse Ramian, who you can get at a lower price point who might be able to give you similar value. But if you've got the money, I think he's a great option. Uh, speaking of expensive options, but someone who's very, very consistent, captain consistency, Nick Meany who had an 89 on the weekend and is just doesn't seem to have a bad score in this year. I personally can't justify bringing him in at the price he is. Uh, I think he's, he's too expensive, even though I do think he's a good option if you can afford it. Uh, do either of you consider him at all? Not at the, not at the moment. It's just – but I can – again, he's another one I can really understand why. Like, they play 16. You'll be without the origin players, so – He'll have a high workload that game. Um, he plays the next four games, which, you know, barring injury, which at, at this point of the season, um, given origin and, and buy schedule, is, is you know, it's pretty handy. Um, I, yeah, not, not, not for me, but, yeah, definitely an option. Anyone who's kicking goals for the Melbourne Storm, I think, is a genuine option. I know, like, that obviously had a really down week, but, you know, they're going to be there when the whips are cracking. He's he's a genuine option, I think, moving forward, Nick Manny. What is going on with Pappenhausen? It's just gone all quiet again, hasn't it? So it, it, that yeah. doesn't look like a factor at all. Um, I know Matt's keen on Meany, definitely over Talakai. Um, for some reason, something just keeps holding me back from him. Um, and I wish I wish I had him all season, but I, I still just can't bring myself to spend that much money on him. Uh, for this, I don't know why. So it's something. It's a blocker. I reckon I've got a bulldog's hangover on him. I'm the same tubes. I've looked at him that many times, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But I just reckon in the back of my mind, like he couldn't get a start with the dogs, and you know when they were bad for so long. When's that form coming back? I don't know. Maybe that's it. But yeah, I can definitely understand what you mean. I sort of feel like I'm the same with him. Yeah, there's just the biggest argument against me is that he's Nick Meany. Like, and that's unfair. But like, it does. He feels like a. <laughs> Solid winger who's filling in at fullback for the gun, and yeah, it just I, it's it's completely illogical. But I agree exactly with what you guys are saying. He's averaging seventy four. Like he's flying. Yeah, and and yeah, like we said, doesn't have a bad score in him. Um, the other centre wing who might become a potential sell moving forward, depending on how this role shakes out, is Ruben Garrick, who has been named in the centres this week. 
Uh, Christian Tilpilotu comes onto the wing. We're not quite sure about what's going on with Brad Parker. We're assuming he's hurt, but I couldn't find anything online. It's, it's not on the NRL casualty ward, but he hasn't been named in New South Wales Cup. So hopefully it's just a minor injury for Brad Parker. But Ruben Garrick, super popular. He's definitely a uh, much less viable option when he's playing in the centres. Yeah. Yeah, scary. Really scary. I'll let you take that one, Tubes. Oh, I was just, I mean, any other week there'd be people jumping around considering selling him with him being named in the centres. But obviously with the other carnage, you, no one's no one's got the trades, I think, to be looking at selling Ruben Garrick. So it's really going to be a wait and see. Um, I have no idea, but I'm going to assume Parker's a little a little bit injured um, and, and Garrick will be back on the wing. So... Um, I think we'll just see how it plays out over the next few weeks. But I hope I hope it I hope this isn't a long term thing. Yeah, I agree with what you say there, Tubes, one hundred percent. Last time he played centre, I think he scored low forties, but it is worth mentioning that Tommy Turbo was out last time he played centre two and KO Weeks was the fullback. So if Tommy's the fullback, that left edge is still pretty dangerous. So it might maybe not be as bad as what we expected to be. And he's still got the goal kicking, so should still be a fairly solid option. All right, moving on to fullback. Uh, oh, it hurts to talk about this guy, uh, Ferris Bueller, aka Buller. Chris, I'll let you take him because you're a, a very happy owner. Yeah, last, last, I must admit, like I hadn't sort of watched the Tigers a lot, a bit like Tubes, and sort of once Turbo had the head knock and wasn't going to be playing this week, it was sort of a no-brainer to sell him. Things have changed there, but anyway, we'll get to that. And then um, Bullet. Bueller, Ferris, whatever we want to call him, he was fantastic, and he has been. Um, like I've only seen numbers, but actually watched him um, after I brought him in. So unlike the Podfather, he didn't have to pass the eye test for me, um, but I was very, very impressed. Um, and, you know, Buller's going to the moon. He's gone. Like his price is just going to rocket. Um, and you know what? He's still probably not a bad option to buy because he is still – um, he's he's got probably another couple hundred to make. They're probably not going over the top there, and they play the two big buy rounds that are coming up. So um, yeah, if, if you don't have Ferris and you're looking to fill someone in um, in the fullback zone, look no further. He's your man, I reckon. Jibs, you you spoke about to me uh, during the week that you're thinking about bringing in Buller just because it feels too risky not to with how he's playing and how well owned he is. Has have you stayed fairly strong in those thoughts? Is he an option for you? I think you've convinced me on on not getting him in. I guess it's it comes down to that antipod play, um, as we sort of discussed. Why don't you sort of what what's what? You're not getting him in, Jono, either. No. What, what's um, your thoughts on antipoding him? Like, obviously, I wish I had him. Like, let's just get that out of the way to start with. But now that I don't, I am very comfortable antipoding. Uh, Ferris Bueller. I think that he's a he's a rookie. Rookies can often hit a wall after the hype of the first few games. And not only that, he's a rookie playing for the Tigers. And I, I know they've looked a little bit better of late, but they're still the Tigers. I don't trust them at all. And I'm not convinced that the the points are going to keep flowing for them. In saying that, like I think his floor's pretty high because he's just got a really good work rate. But if you're going to antipod someone, a, a, a Tigers rookie fullback, I feel pretty comfortable antipoding. That's yeah. a, that's a really that's a really fair call. So all of that made sense to me at a high level from from the way that – but then when I just looked into it and thought he's got a minus 56 break even this week, they play the Titans and then he plays the round 16 bye and then they have Melbourne and the Cowboys. Melbourne 
during the bye with, without their origin players and then the Cowboys in round 18. Um, and then they play the round 19 bye against the Sharks. So really, you're really trying to get him through to round 19 um, and then looking at probably bringing in a more solid keeper for the back end of the season. I I really do want to look at anti-potting him. I just can't see, other than him getting injured, how it goes wrong bringing him in this week. Um, I, like, I just can't, like, I can't see worst case scenario, he's going to go up 200K and you're getting rid of him in round 19 and you've, had, and you've got a player that's playing the next two big buy rounds. Yeah, that's a, that's also a fair take. Your logic, your logic, boys, both of you is is pretty sound. But yeah, obviously I'm with tubes on this one just due to that. That's that's a massive break even to go into a Titans game. Um, they they have been leaking like a sieve all year. So um, yeah, I'm more happy to die in the ditch over not bringing in Mitch Moses than I am Buller. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. But I don't know which. Uh, but I don't. I might end up not bringing in either of them. All right, uh, Tommy Turbo. We're just chucking him in there because uh, he's he's back this week. Uh, this, the NRL have it's been overturned. The eleven day rule that's only been in for about two months. We've had our first overturning, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but Reed Marnie, the the dogs have now for this week put in an appeal to overturn it as well. So it's potentially got the floodgates open now with that being allowed. But well done to those who held. PVL has opened Pandora's dirty hot box there. There is going to be carnage. Didn't he do this when he – I can't remember the exact rule, but I feel like something similar happened in 2020. He brought in some rule and then they brought in some exception to it. Like it was just – anyway, it's it, it's just the best. Like let's just bring in a rule and then – but you can appeal and then we'll basically, you know, allow you to do whatever you want. You're not thinking, Tubes, <laughs> of the, the Penrith winger who they – Allowed to withhold <laughs> suspension until yeah, after the that's seventh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an outrage! It's give the fans what they want was the approach, yeah. wasn't it? Let him play out the season. Yeah, everyone wants to oh, see yeah. Tommy this weekend. Like, as in, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's due process there. They're not getting sued for CTE in the future, so we're all good. <laughs> Just let it go. All right. Well, that that brings our analysis to a close. Let, let's go on to the uh, pot of the week segment where last week was actually a pretty red hot week for part of the week. I think we all went quite hold well. Hold on, McGrath. Hold on. Hold on. What's up? I really, I, I think we needed just a bit of a check-in on another fullback. Um, <laughs> you, I, I understand why you've forgotten him because you you don't you weren't sure if you knew who he was last week. But how did, how, how did um, Dylan Edwards go on the weekend? Oh, look, I'm assuming probably 200 plus. He's the, the big points, big points, Dylan. Mr. Upsort? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think – I don't know Don't know how, but he, he happened to only get 39 or something like that on the weekend, Jono, unfortunately. Sounds like a good one to – I hope people took my advice and avoided because that sounds like a good one to have, to have left aside, I think, <laughs> Dylan Edwards. Lane Miller, fierce to the right, inside. Oh, Bateman, Bateman. Yes, yes, Canberra. All right. Let's go to pot of the week, one of which was not Dylan Edwards, but a really strong week. So Dan had an outstanding pick with Keon Kolomatangi. Uh, we mentioned before he had a try and a try assist on his way to 100 points. Uh, Matt's pot of the week was Jesse Raymond, who had 59 points but 45 in pure base. Uh, probably would have been a good pickup last week. 
my part of the week was uh, Mr. Consistent Nick Meaney, who scored 86. And, yeah, I think he's a good option, albeit an expensive option this week. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you because Tubes' part of the week has become very interesting of late, so we might save his. Who's your part of the week, Chris? Look, I've written someone down in the run sheet, but we mentioned we mentioned him during during um, during play. Um, so I've gone I've gone and uh, off on my own, and I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Jason Sarp from the Sea Eagles. I know I know I know, I know it's absolutely I'm going to say batshit crazy, but I just got I don't know what. Feeling came over me, but I just got this feeling that he is going to go Burko this week. I have no idea why. I have no idea where it came from. But, yeah, so I'm just bringing him up now. His break-even's 31. He's priced at 420K. Uh, look, Manly don't play – or they do play 16, don't play nine, 19. They're playing at Four Pines Park at Brookie this, this, uh, this weekend against the Dolphins, and, yep, he's going to get a hat-trick. Wow. Uh, do you want to, for the record, say your original part of the week was no, going to no, be no. in well, case I'm, Jason Saab? I'm, I'm locking myself to Jason Saab. I don't know where the feelings come from, but I got it. So that's that's. But it was it was going to be IPAP. Uh, but it. that just seemed very very meat potatoes, very vanilla. Um, yeah, no good, no good. The vanilla part of the week. So yeah, Jason Saab, a little crazy, but that's where we're at. Right, and tubes for the third time in the last five weeks. <laughs> your part of the week is Michaeli Ravalawa. It was good to see him. To come good on the weekend. Uh, I missed last week's episode. My pot of the week was actually Sione Katoa. Uh, I brought him into my into my side. He's only 2% owned and he had a nice 67. You brought him in. So, you kept yeah. that close to your chest. Little, little sneaky little sneaky shark swinger, which I'm, I was pretty happy about. Um, yeah, but Ravalawa, uh, most of my pods kicked. You know, Hiku, nice 100. Ravalawa, 90-odd. Just, just all sort of kicking goals. Isaiah Tass went pretty well on the weekend. Um, my pot of the week is, oh, I think he's he's owned by a, under two thousand teams at the moment. He's sticking with that centre wing category for that higher upside. Um, he's he's named on the wing for the Titans this week, and it's uh, Philip Sammy. Uh, he's priced quite highly. He's five hundred and eighty k. Um, I really like that he's been named on, as I mentioned, on the wing. Uh, so I've gone through and looked at his his games for this season. When he's been named in the Senates, um, which has been the more more of the games, he's averaging forty six in Supercoach points. When he's named on the wing, he's averaging sixty nine um, points on the wing. And nice. in those games, he's actually averaging uh, thirty in Bates. Um, and then obviously they, you know, Titans, whilst they, they can't defend, they're certainly not shy in terms of scoring tries. I would like him a little bit better with Fafida in the team on that left edge. Um, or, or however, I'm not, um, I, I'm happy to, happy to potentially look at taking a flyer on him this week. Tubes, good part of the week and you've justified it well. Lots of research on Philip Sammy for you. I bet that was more rating on Philip Sammy than he expected to do today. But, yeah, good numbers. I, I, I honestly, I've always liked him. He definitely has a good work rate and he he can find the try line. And so I think on the wing, he is an option. AJ Brimson's back for them this week as well, which is only going to be upside. I'm potentially, whilst he's my pot of the week this week, if I don't bring him in this week, he's a, I think he's a good option for round 
uh, 16. It's just that juicy game against the Tigers on Thursday night. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, my part of the week is only in 1% of teams as it stands. It's Isaac Tungle. Uh, he plays round 16, has absolutely elite base. And I just think, I haven't looked this up with numbers, but I just think there's a big chance the Panthers go left a lot more without Cleary in the team, that he becomes a more viable attacking option. Plus, he's got glue hands, so he's he's not afraid to run himself if he's close to the try line. So he's not cheap, but I think he's a really good option this week and, and great round six coverage. Uh, Tubes, let's, let's throw to you for Tubes' mailbag. Tubes' mailbag, sponsored by Mailbag Bloodstock. Uh, the they put up a nice prize this this year, which we're going to draw at the end of the season for those that are writing in asking the questions. Follow them at Mailbag Bloodstock on Twitter, um, and yeah, just follow along, see see to get around the the different options they've got from a horse ownership perspective. A uh, couple of questions this week. Uh, we'll start with one which is from Philip uh, from Cronulla, uh, and the first his question is. Uh, is around trades. So he's asking us, how many trades do you have left? What do you think the ideal numbers are? Um, to in, and and I guess a bit of a conversation on trades given the carnage of the last two weeks. Chris, why don't we kick off with you? With our top five hundred man, where are you sitting in the trades at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment I've got twenty trades, and I would like to have thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is going to be absolute. There's while there's been carnage over the last couple of weeks. Rest assured, the last six weeks you will be wishing that you could beg, borrow, and steal your trades from anyone because it will be a nightmare. Always leave a few aside for a rainy day. Um, I've made the mistake plenty of times before where I've been out of trades with a month to go. Um, and, you know, the last two weeks, sometimes you cannot feel the side. Um, so sometimes you've just got to show a bit of restraint um, around your trades and, you know, you, you've just got to leave some for the for a rainy day. So I, I couldn't tell you what the, what the you know, the um, the the right amount of trades left would be, but I can tell you it should be more than you've got. So just take it easy. Yeah, I I, I have, um, I definitely have. Yeah. I, yeah, and then and then I, I think I went through four weeks where I made one trade or, or or like one trade each week sort of thing. I like I I think you you must have shown some good restraint, Chris. Like I think twenty is a good number because you went hard early. Jono, how many you got left? Uh, I have 24 coming into this week, but I I think I'm boosting this week. So I'm going to have 21 after this round because I've got a lot of mess to clean up. And I dare say I'll be using two the week after as well. So I think, yeah, I think 24 might sound good, but I reckon I've got a lot of trades in me over the next few weeks to, to bring that number down. What are you sitting on, Tubes? I got 22 um, and I'm trying to only use two uh, this week uh, as a maximum. Uh, but uh, like I actually, I, I think I think we're uh, I think you're outside the norm as well, Jono. Like I think that's way more than most people. Like I I honestly think if you're sitting at twenty, like Chris, you're you're doing okay um, from a trades perspective at the moment. I think there's plenty of people out there that have sub eighteen um, trades. So I obviously the more the better, but um, uh, but I but it's in as a general rule, I think. I think twenties is is probably around about the number that's 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 a, you know pretty good for this week. Uh, all right, 
Second question. Uh, second question is coming off Twitter when we did a post 15 minutes before we we're about to kick off. Um, and it's come from, probably should write these things down. Um, it's come from uh, James. Um, he's asked, uh, he's got a question around fullbacks. He's asking, is Teddy to Buller worthwhile given the origin period round 16 and we still don't know his ceiling? Bit more context. He's mentioned he's got your boy Jono Edwards. Uh, he's got Teddy at, and fullback, and then he's got Asako and Garrick in the centre wing that he can also move back into the the fullback. So he's got a lot of coverage already at fullback at the moment, and he's wondering would you would you look at do is it worth doing Teddy down to Buller? Jono, what do you think based on the discussion that we had a bit earlier? Your anti anti Buller. I'm not anti-buller. <laughs> Don't try and push that narrative. I'm anti-potting buller, which is very different to being anti-buller. Um, no, I, I think if your biggest problem is James Tedesco this week, well done. Um, if that's like if, if you have avoided everything else, you can have that as an option. I do actually really like it because you could easily trade back down to Teddy Post Origin at a massive massive downgrade. So I do like it if if you don't have other problems to fit this week. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm certainly no expert on this, but my thoughts are I am looking at Buller, but that's because I've got Ponga to move down to 5'8", and I've got to get rid of, rid of Cleary. So Buller is an option for me there. I think if I owned Teddy, if I had that sort of um, stack of players, I don't think Buller is a worthwhile option for this week. I think it's more likely than not that Teddy outscores Buller this week. I mean, it obviously could not happen. Um, and as we said before, I don't know how big of an issue that cash generation actually is um, at the moment. So I think you can hold Teddy for another week. He's probably got a low break even. I, don't, I haven't looked into it, but I imagine it's pretty low coming off 200s. Um, and then you could look at flipping Teddy to Buller next week if you really wanted to get him in. Really hard. Really hard, that one. Um, you know, Teddy's... Teddy's last, he's turned up the last two games. Um, really, really hard to sell on the back of those two performances. Um, yeah. And then, like, a, but we did mention earlier, Bull is going to the moon. So, yeah, look, if, if, they're, if they're your biggest issues, you are flying this week. And, um, yeah, I couldn't talk you out of Buller. Definitely not with buy coverage. So, yeah, go crazy. Shoot if the salesman strikes again. Yeah. So, I mean, Teddy could go up just as much as Buller, if not more, this week. I just, it doesn't feel like a worthwhile trade. Really hard. Really hard, that one. Um, you know, Teddy's, Teddy's last, he's turned up the last two games. Um, really, really hard to sell on the back of those two performances. Um, yeah. And then, like, a, but we did mention earlier, Buller's going to the moon. So, yeah, look, if, if, they're, if they're your biggest issues, you are flying this week. And, um, yeah, I couldn't talk you out of Buller. Definitely not with buy coverage. So, yeah, go crazy. Yeah, actually, you've probably swung me back the other way. I didn't probably take into consideration the Edwards, Osako and Garrick um, in, in that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably back around your way of thinking there, Tubes. <laughs> All right. I think that pretty much brings us to a close tonight, fellas. Uh, we, we said there was a lot to discuss and we've, we've gone for, yeah, over 70 minutes. So we've done well. Hopefully we've gone nice and depth for everyone. Uh, happy birthday again to, to Matt uh, and Tubes. Chris, thank you very much for, for joining us and good luck this weekend. 
ఈ విధం